Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Welcome back. Live from Sherwood Forest, Hour 2 of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins now. I am the aforementioned Eric Von Hessler, but I'm not alone. Autumn Fisher's not with us this week. But Jerry Yamamoto is What's here. What's going on, Eric? And English Nick is here. And we turn, of course, our attention every week at this time to English Nick because he's in charge of something we call outrage. There's always outrage in this world, and we want to make sure we cover it every week. So it's time for Outrage Corner. That's outrageous with English Nick. All right, Nicholas. What's your last name? Parsons? Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> Some people think that English is my first name and Nick is my last name. That's what I thought for years. But off the radio, yes, Nick Parsons. I thought Nick was your middle name. Now English, the cat's out of the bag now. English Nick Parsons. All those people who knew me as Nick Parsons are now like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask you something about England? Is it possible to go anywhere, like to any pub or any store, and not look around and see somebody named Nigel? Not at all. That's what I thought. Go ahead. We're only making plans for Nigel, Eric. Do you have a Nigel? Uh, do you have a brother named Nigel? No, brother called Andrew. But my dad used to work with a guy called Nigel. Of course he did. And he drank a lot. And my dad was like, he's never going to have any money. I guess you could say the same thing in America. You know, say everybody knows somebody named Dave. But for some <laughs> reason, <laughs> Nigel sticks out to me. Give Nigel. Me, give me All the first right. story of outrage. Uh, his name is not Nigel, but his name is Shannon Dildine. He's he. Well, did he you was say Dildine? Dildine. Okay, yeah. this is a family show. <laughs> he, he was a sergeant in the uh, in the North Charleston Police Department, but he uh, did a self with his Confederate boxer shorts on and he got fired. There yeah, was outrage. I've seen the picture here. What I think is hilarious is that the picture that I've seen, they blur his face out. Now, it's his selfie, right? I mean, he's he's taking the picture and it doesn't even really look like a selfie. Somebody else took the picture because both of his hands are behind his head. Uh, it's weird how he's head. standing. Yes. He's standing there with both and he's got nothing on but his uh, Confederate boxers and he is, what, a sergeant in the Charleston yep. uh, Police Department. So people are outraged but, on one hand, because he did it, and secondly, because he lost his job. And, uh, you know, here's the thing. when you, you can't think for a moment that he wasn't trying to be provocative. Right. You know, and, and that's what people, sometimes people don't understand freedom of speech and all of this. And, yes, you have the right to be provocative. But when you are being provocative, you are going to provoke. Yep. And when you provoke, there's likely to be a backlash, given however provocative you were in your first action. So, um, you know, look, nobody's saying the guy shouldn't be able to wear his Confederate uh, boxer shorts. If that's He doesn't look bad at them. You know, okay, fine. Nobody's saying that. Nobody's trying to outlaw the Confederate boxer shorts. No one's saying he can't. But the uh, uh, best I can say is, you know, freedom of speech doesn't mean there's never a backlash. You know, I can I can say things in certain neighborhoods, and I I have the right to say them, but I'm gonna get punched in the face. You know? Yeah, Eric, I so, know my rights. Yeah, somebody's gonna punch me in the face. Also, you know, so that's it's part of being provocative is that 
that's that's sort of the trigger that you're pulling, you know. One, once you go out there to provoke, uh, I recognize it. I have a microphone in front of me. I have I, I, I state my opinions. Yeah. Many people disagree. I see them in public. They walk up to me and say, "Hey, you're wrong about that," or "You're this sort of thing." I know that my positions are going to be provocative to some people, especially some of the ones I've had this morning. I understand all of that. I don't feel like I have the right to speak whatever I say, and no one can challenge me. So the challenge in this situation came from a police department that didn't want it and didn't need it. Look, yep. even if you're a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader, you can get fired if you do things out of your cheerleading uniform. The idea is that you're always an ambassador. You're always representing. Yes. Um, I could get fired from WSB for doing getting in trouble for things that have nothing to do with radio, nothing, it's, I'm always representing the brand. And he's representing that brand, and that brand decided, this ain't the time for that. So he was provocative, he provoked, there was backlash, that's part of the whole thing. Everybody's right in this situation. Yeah. Next story. Uh, there's outrage a mother in Tucson who put a sticker of her daughter's name on her car. Only problem is, her daughter's name is Isis. Yeah, this is kind of... <laughs> This is one of those stories. Oh my God. Well, it's you know, it's I mean, real. It's, I, yes, the headline is funny. There's no there's she should have understood that no matter how good because there's a cause involved here. Her daughter has something that I'm not all that familiar with. It's called uh, is it called Rett's disease or Rett's yeah, yeah. syndrome? Uh, and basically, it's. It's uh, autism on steroids. So you have, uh, I think, elements of autism, uh, maybe cerebral palsy. It's called Rett syndrome, yeah. And so her daughter, she decided a long time ago that she thought ISIS, which, by the way, there used to be something in this country called the Shazam ISIS Hour on Saturday mornings. What? Because ISIS is an Egyptian goddess. Goddess, yeah. And stands for many things before it stood for Islamic State in Syria. So... This mother has a foundation. Her She considers her daughter to be a fighter, a strong person. Yeah. She thinks that was a great name, ISIS, because she's fighting. I mean, this daughter, and the condition that she has, I mean, she has seizures and troubles all day long every day, and yet she continues to fight, and it's a great cause. All that being said... Uh, you need to understand in this society that if you put what was the what exactly was the bumper sticker it was something like uh team isis so if you put that on your car I mean, people are trying to pour this uh, run this poor woman off the road uh, no one can advocate that you just have to kind of okay maybe her name's still going to be isis but maybe we're going to call it team you know, defeat Rhett something. Yeah, it was, oh, it was something hashtag else. Team ISIS. Hashtag even. Team ISIS. So uh, it's one of those deals where you got to kind of understand. Uh, this is, uh, you know, we know one of our, our friends, Lucky Yates, plays uh, Dr. Krieger on Archer. Yeah. And before ISIS popped up in the world, they worked for the the, uh, the fictional sort of CIA type of outfit that they worked for on that cartoon was called ISIS. And it, this is like six, seven seasons in. Guess what? They dropped it immediately. They just dropped it because there's at this point, ISIS means what it means now. It doesn't mean what it meant then. And so, Mom, I feel bad for you. I salute your daughter and her struggle and her fight. You need to be a little bit smarter about uh, the messages you're throwing out there from from your bumper. I think is uh, so I think she, she needs to watch the evening news. There are better hashtags. There are better hashtags and. 
we all want to help you fight this. So, but it's hard to get behind hashtag Team ISIS in America in 2015. Give me another outrage. Uh, Amy Poehler and Seth Meyers of Saturday Night Live were so outraged over uh, Andy Benoit's sexist comment about women's sports, they brought back their SNL skit, really. Okay, so neither of them are still on SNL. So uh, Seth Meyers, now the host of Late Night, is it still called mm, Late Night? Yes. Um, and Amy Poehler has gone on to success in a million different things, but Parks... Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec. Is that over now? I think it's uh, done, yeah. Okay. So they've had their successes, and I guess this guy is a writer for Sports Illustrated or something. And what did he say? He, <laughs> he said, said that women's sports in general is not worth watching. Uh-huh. And you're telling me that got them so outraged that they got back together again yep. to do... And now they used to do this thing called Really? And that's the, the bit that they got together. Yep. We have a couple of clips here. Let's go to clip 12. The Women's World Cup is headed into the quarterfinal round, and yesterday, an editor for Sports Illustrated's website tweeted a vine of England's go-ahead goal against Norway with the words, and here some people, ahem, Andy Benoit, argue that women's soccer isn't worth watching, to which Sports Illustrated contributor Andy Benoit responded with this tweet, not women's soccer, women's sport in general, not worth watching. Oh. Okay, can I tell you something? I'm siding right now with the writer. Mm -hmm. Women's team sports. Oh, look at the millennial over there. Oh, I know in my mind I really agree with you, but <laughs> you I are can't, so you can't, you can't say that. Now, here's the difference. Tennis, individualized sports, even uh, female golf is, is interesting. Yeah. Individuals going against each other are interesting. Female team sports are boring the wnba is boring it is when espn when espn throws like a wnba thing in there like number six on the best plays of the day we all know we all know that 10 9 8 and 7 were more impressive than six oh and here's the deal it's like a charity with ESPN. I'm with like you we on have this. ESPN, who could never get their mind, could never get anyone on board with NASCAR. They could never buy into it, and it was so obvious they could never buy into it. But they all buy into the WNBA. Now, let me say this. Let me say this. Title IX. Okay, you can argue about it. I think that sports for girls in high school and college is a good thing. I think it's good for your, your makeup. I think you learn team spirit. You learn mm -hmm. about how to work with others. I think it's very good for women to get involved in sports. But when you take it to the professional team level, it is boring. You would have to call me five minutes before the female soccer team won the whole thing and became world champions, and then I'd get interested because I always want America to win no matter what it is. Teams Now, Serena Williams, yeah. unbelievable. Unbelievable achievements. Would I watch the Williams sisters or tennis in, at Wimbledon? Absolutely. Very interesting. But team sports, you know what? I, here's, here's all you need to know. Do they take bets for WNBA games in Vegas? I believe the answer is no. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. The reason is because there's not enough interest. Every time you see 
ESPN, and then they act like, oh, the WNBA, everybody cares. Or even before then, like uh, the uh, the Final Four, the female Final Four, it's coming. Nobody cares. If you don't have a friend <laughs> on that team, <laughs> or you don't really, really care about the school that they're playing for, the truth is nobody cares. I don't care. Come in here with, with, a, with one of those white jackets, tie me up, and take me away. I'm only telling you what you already know. I haven't watched one women's World Cup soccer game. Yet. Yes, exactly. That tells you. Like, I, I, I'll get interested when you tell me the Americans are about to win it all. But the then clip, I'll get interested. The clips I've seen, the stands aren't quite as full as they are for they men's aren't. World Cup soccer. Because they can't make this happen. The WNBA, you what don't is the dream average? with the Atlanta dream? This is, <laughs> this is all you need to know is that uh, for a while, one of these teams, I think the LA team at WNBA, their Jack Nicholson on at side court was uh, Laverne from Laverne and Shirley. <laughs> That's all you need to know. Hate me if you must. Couple more stories of outrage when we return. The Von Hessler Doctrine on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Welcome back. I'm Eric Von Hessler. That's uh, Jared Yamamoto. That's English Nick. Channel 2's Brad Nitz forecasting a high around 86. And a solid 10. Yeah, I said it. 10. 5 plus 5. Equals 10 wow. on the Mellish meter today. This weather report brought to you by Shoemate, the official air conditioning of summer. Now, before we move on, uh, Jared's all worried because his family's coming in, and yeah. uh, his sister's actually on a full scholarship to be, she's, so she's on... Yeah, she's a pitcher from the University of Virginia. So. Right, okay. So, and I said in my, in my thing, that I think that it's fine. I think that it's good for women and to be in high schools and, and, and college sports. But when it gets to the professional level, ESPN is making it up when they act like people care about team sports. Serena Williams, Venus Williams, even LPGA at sometimes individual female athletes are fun to watch go against each other. But female team sports is unwatchable. Let's hear this other clip from the really people. Yeah, I guess I'm not surprised that you work for Sports Illustrated. You guys put out a swimsuit issue every year dedicated entirely to women who aren't in sports. Oh, wow, that's hilarious. Uh, the, the, the top blurb for this story says, The two Saturday Night Live alums reunite for their famous Really? with Seth and Amy segment to respond. I just love the way this is, this is couched in here. To Sports Illustrated writer Andy Benoit's sexist comment about women's sports. That's sexist to have an opinion? His opinion is, I find yeah. this boring, and that's sexist? It's a fact, right? Do words, well, it's an opinion. Yeah. It's an opinion that I agree with, that female team sports are boring. How is that sexist? And it's not even in, like, uh, quotes, sexist. It's a, Oh, we all know that to have this opinion mm -hmm. is sexist because I don't like to watch these sports. It's, you know, does the language mean anything anymore? Letters put together and then those are put together and uh, surrounded by other words is supposed to make meanings. Sexist is not to have the opinion that I personally don't like to watch female sports. If that's true, almost everybody in America is sexist. <laughs> Just look at the attendance at any WNBA game. We got a quick uh, one more, one more. Yeah, outrage out of Ontario. An Ontario couple outraged after their eight-year-old daughter was told to cover up in a waiting pool. Oh, I guess it, it was like yeah. anybody four years older 
for an older. Have to have a, yeah. have to have a, you know, it's kind of, this is a, a weird one for me, because my wife is, uh, she was born in America, but her parents are English. Yes. And so there's uh, there's that, uh, England's not exactly Europe, but she gets kind of, like, in Europe, they're a little freer with yes. stuff like this. They don't care so much about whether you put clothes on or you don't put sure. clothes on. We in America, we have kind of a Puritan sort of background, and so I've always been, you know, in a weird position in these situations because my wife is totally like, oh, who cares? Let them run around nude. Who cares? But I am Americanized, and it's more like I just feel like, I don't know, there could be some sickos here. Just Even though I know there's that period of life where there's no difference. There's no difference from a boy or a girl not having their shirt on. There's that period of life. But I, I feel like, well, my wife is really kind of a little more progressive than I am, but I still can't get away from it. Like, put a shirt on that kid. Because in my mind, I'm being protective. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, we're at a public pool or a, a public lake or something, and there could be sickos around, and I don't want them, so put a shirt on. So it seems like one of those things where they're going to be outraged, but the people who told them to put the shirt on felt that they were protecting them. People will be outraged about anything. That's why we can do this segment every single week and never, never have a problem finding stories. When we return, the time has come for my misanthrope friend, Greg Russ, and stories from Studio B1. Welcome back. I'm Eric Von Hester. That's Jared Yamamoto. That's English Nick. And as much as we may dread this, it is time for my... (laughs) Misanthrope buddy, Greg. Oh, first, thank you to Jared Yamamoto for letting me know that it's time for me to let you know that Sunday doesn't just mean the Von Hessler Doctrine. It also means the Sunday Atlanta Journal-Constitution for coverage of this week's blockbuster Supreme Court rulings and the impact of gay marriage here in Georgia. Pick up your Sunday AJC. Now the dreaded moment has arrived. My misanthrope friend from New York, it's time He's a misanthrope, he has a dark heart, and he needs a good psychiatrist. New York, New York. <laughs> I love it's that. It's Greg Russ with stories from Studio B1. Are you there, Greg? Uh, yes, I am here. I, I dislike that song very much. <laughs> New York, where concrete jungles are dreams are made of or something. I, like The lyrics I've... I've where dreams are made of. That's the part that I don't like. That so, doesn't even make sense. New York, where dreams are made of. Concrete jungle, where dreams are made of. <laughs> made of what? What are they made of? It's not answered. It's like they needed an extra syllable and they just threw it in there. And it's bad grammar, is it not? You don't and you don't yeah. you don't end a sentence with the word of. No, you could say where dreams are made. You could carry it. But they didn't want to do that. No, made of. I thought you were going at first. I thought you were going after Sinatra. You like that one. Everyone likes that one. Yeah, I don't know if you're allowed to do that. To be against? And, you know, yeah, I, I think that there would be some kind of riot. People yeah. would come find B1. Yeah. If I said I didn't like Sinatra, then they'd knock down the door, and that'd yeah. be the end. Who does the other one? Is that Missy Elliott or something? Or Who does the other Alicia one? Alicia Keys. Alicia Keys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's where the concrete jungle where dreams are made of. And yeah, I, you know how I am. I'm with you on this one. I'm a, I'm a stickler for this stuff. I still can't get over when people, and people in my life do this, and people on television that are supposed to be intelligent do this, the people who say, he's very unique, or it's very unique. Let me tell you something right now, everybody listening. There is no such thing as very unique. The word unique, okay, let's have a lesson here. The word unique means one of a kind. You're either one of a kind or you're not one of a kind. 
There's no such thing as very one of a kind. Therefore, there is no no way to say very unique. But you know what? I've been harping about this for 20 years now, and it still doesn't stop. I'll see like a pundit on TV. He's very unique. A guy on ESPN. He's got a very unique set of skills. And I just think, ah, how can I listen to you tell me who's going to win the game? You don't even know about the English language. I'm well, angrier than Greg. Yeah, I, you are very angry. And on that note, I have a very unique story to tell you about. Uh, what is it made of? I, 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 I don't know if you heard, but uh, gay marriage is now legal. Yes, we've uh, talked about it here. Do you think we really well, got two and a half hours into a I, talk I, radio I just, program? I'm just, I'm just saying that that's legal now. So now it's time to move on to and fight sizeism. Oh. Um, because the people who are overweight, they, they take a lot. Mm-hmm. A lot of abuse. They and take here, a lot of room? Or would they t- mean they take a lot of abuse? <laughs> uh, they take that, yes. If, if you want to see, this is the problem. You're making jokes at their expense. I am. And to, and to celebrate their bodies and to put an end to this, here in my city of New York, uh, women got naked, of. fat naked women got painted by a local artist, Andy Galoob. I'm sure it's, Go- I'm sure it's Golub, but uh, <laughs> I'm Galoob. Where was this? Was this in public? Yeah, this is in public. Uh, this is on the uh, the public library, the big one, the famous one, the yeah. one featured in Ghostbusters. Oh, that makes it famous. So how, how many fat ladies were out there nude getting body painted? Well, there are three of them. Now, this is a common occurrence. One in New York, it's the law that a woman can walk around topless. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you don't have to question whether or not paint counts as clothing. This happens. Uh, businesses will use models and get naked and try to pull people in. But this... This is to show and empower, I should say, and teach people about different sizes. So if I see this, I'm suddenly going to come to the conclusion that fat women are beautiful. Is that the idea? It's called sizeism. Yeah, it's sizeism, and you're obviously, you know, you add to this. You fuel the fire when you, <laughs> you make a joke. You have a lot of room. You say there are three. Do you know altogether uh, how many pounds? Uh, is uh eight hundred? Sure, Got to be, I right? Got to be in the 800-pound area. If you get three ladies, they must have gotten some sizable. If you're going to fight size-ism, you're not going to get small fat ladies. You're going to get uh, large fat. How come no fat well, men? Do fat men were- not? Uh, well, I guess fat men are celebrated because you've got that fat men are considered jolly. That is wrong. That fat men are considered jolly. And fat women are just, are not, they don't get the sanitizer. It's harder to hide certain body parts with paint on men, too. Well, that is true yeah. as well. You're going to have, well, the, the whole elephant thing works out, I find, <laughs> at certain music festivals <laughs> that I've been to. It seems, it seems to work. <laughs> See, now, here's my problem with the whole sizeism thing, all right? Look, everyone should feel comfortable inside of their own skin. Everyone should be respected. Everyone should be accepted. But you cannot tell people what's beautiful. You can't just all of a sudden decide this is beautiful. Look at this mug. Look at this face that was put on top of my shoulders, all right? I cannot walk around and just tell people I'm as good looking as Brad Pitt. And just keep repeating that over and over again until finally what happens is the people around me will just want me to shut up. So they'll go, yeah, 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 you're as good looking as Brad Pitt. But they don't really mean it. They don't really think. You know, now they're – go ahead. Maybe we should put you up in front of uh, the highly public place in Atlanta and have Brad Pitt's face painted on your face. I think that's going to be the next thing we do. Absolutely. That's going to be the next WSB appearance for me. By the way, Jared's dad's here is in, is in the studio. Actually, is his dad, his stepmom, and his sister. And uh, I got to say something very. I know Greg, you can't see this, and neither can anybody listening. Jared's dad looks younger than Jared. Jared, who looks yeah. very young. Jared looks young, but there's some kind of weird time machine thing that's happening. <laughs> <laughs> 
Because <laughs> your dad looks like he's like three years younger than you. <laughs> Too much boozing on Jared's part. Probably, probably. That's what it is. You're living the good life. Your son is aging. Or it's like I saw the picture of Dorian Gray last night on Turner Classic Movies. You know, I, I've said this before. I watch Turner Classic Movies because I consider it dead people theater. It's as if dead people get together and put on a show for me. And so I like to watch these movies from the 30s and 40s. And I watch the picture of Dorian Gray. And I really feel like you, you're the one who's, uh, you're obviously boozing it up. Your dad's living a good, healthy life. You've aged 10 years well, see, older than your dad. Just, uh, and you're what, 26? See, dad's got more of the Japanese and the Latino, the good, uh, the good genes going oh, on. I see. I've, got, I've got more of the Caucasian genes, so I age a little bit How more. How did you say that word again? Please yeah, don't. Uh, this is a family <laughs> show. I really don't want to get into that. <laughs> Please save us, Greg. Is there another story from Studio well, B1? There is another story. I would just like to point out that this artist, though, because this is this is what I find interesting. This this Andy Golub. Yeah, uh, he's known as a guy who paints naked bodies. I don't know how you get into that without just saying, you know what, I like naked women. Because it's not all about the art at that point. It is not. It could be the art, but there's something else going on. You're saying no he's a freak. It. He's a freak, and he's using it as a way to see naked women. I don't even know if it's a freak. It's a pretty normal thing. If I were painting naked bodies, that became my thing. I feel like I would say, you know, there's there's twofold the reason why I'm doing this. And the reason I originally got into it, it wasn't the art. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. You know, my wife is an artist, and artists that do bodies quite often do naked women. My wife's like, you know, men, male bodies are just not interesting from the point of view of, a, of an artist. Mm -hmm. And so my wife did, has a lot of, like, female nudes, you know, and nobody questions it. I don't question it. I've been with her for 30 years. I know what she likes in this world. Which is, so, but if I went through a phase where I was a painter, and you walked into my my office and you saw like 30 nudes of men wouldn't you question <laughs> like, I, I, would, I would not get the pass that my wife gets no, for a painting nude women but she does have a point that's because nude men are like 80 style cars and 80 style architecture it's just it's boxy there's not much thought put in <laughs> it's boring so you need the curves and the, and you know it's interesting because my wife you know i've never done this but she's been an artist for a long time since in college and stuff and these people you get these people to sit there in the middle of the room nude you know and to me that would be too awkward even if i was an artist i just wouldn't be able to look at somebody they're nude and i'm not and i just can't get over that it's kind of a weird the whole thing is weird all the way around but she, my wife actually likes she likes it when the 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 art the the model is somewhat voluptuous and maybe not as fat as these uh these uh, these ladies who showed up on getting body painting, but she actually likes it because to what kind of well, I won't say it grosses me out. That would be wrong. Uh, what, the, what maybe turns me off about a large woman uh, is uh, to an artist more and more interesting to paint. So there we go. I've dug myself deep enough into a hole. Another story, please. Now we'll move on. This year, 2015, uh, parents they're bucking the trend. Yeah. In terms of naming their children, gender. Neutrality. That is the way to go now. A name like Eric. Yeah. I know there's I know there's Erica, but there were two separate names. No, no longer. So it, it's gonna it, it, it's gonna be names such as these are popular this year. Ava? Carter. Oh Carter. Amari. <laughs> Quinn. Reese. Phoenix. You know, 
I think it's getting to the point now where nobody it's like and the names are gender neutral the bathrooms are gender neutral mm-hmm. nobody wants to take a stand on anything I saw I brought this up the other day I saw a story where Miley Cyrus okay this is after the Caitlyn Jenner thing and I'm a libertarian live and let live I don't care fine want to be Caitlyn Jenner be Caitlyn Jenner doesn't bother me at all but the logic of the thing Miley Cyrus shows up at some award show last week with a guy who says that he's a gender he's not choosing he's not identifying with any gender and the pronouns apparently are they them theirs I mean, at what point does this just become absolutely ridiculous? And you better not say the wrong pronoun because, they, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, it's yeah, all over yeah, then. Because we all, all should have known. Okay, uh, so I'm going to be the one. I'm going to be the hater here, even though, hey, Caitlin, do what you want. Transgender, fine with me. I'm going to be the hater who says, agender is idiotic. You got to choose. <laughs> You gotta make a choice. You can't just float around in the ether. Oh, on Monday I'm a man. On Wednesday I'm a what? No, there's certain things you don't have a choice. An in between. An choose it. one. And you know what? You can choose one. You can switch. I don't mind. You can switch back and forth. I'll, you know. But you can't just show up and say I'm not a gender. You're never going to. Now, look, I'm a libertarian. Live and let live. Do what you want. But intellectually speaking, <laughs> you are a gender. It doesn't matter what you say. You have to choose. If I was the king of the world, that's the way it would be. Misser. I'm going to be a misser. I would ban all Miley Cyrus music <laughs> if I was the king of the world. River. That's another one. That's uh, another one of these names. That one's been around for a good... It's funny. Yeah, River Phoenix. It's funny, but he said Phoenix was one of the other ones. Mm. So you no, got River, River. And, fin- and Phoenix. And Quinn, Dr. Quinn, medicine woman. <laughs> Quinn is a man's Man. name. I just so. don't, I don't get the idea. Well, you know, names are always go through these weird things. Remember it was dead, the last names of dead presidents for a long time? Madison. Oh, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. all of the, that stuff for Taylor, Garfield. Tyler. No, I don't think Garfield. <laughs> I, don't think, <laughs> I don't think Garfield ever took off. <laughs> Taft. I'm naming my son Taft. <laughs> Why not Roosevelt? Roosevelt is actually a good name, but uh, um, I'm waiting for music to come up under me because I think I have to break very soon. So uh, we'll break, and then when we return, I think we have at least one more story from Studio B1. We'll and, have to pick one. And don't forget, we have the best goodbyes in the business. Don't miss it. Welcome to Total Wine and More. Can I help you? Gosh, I hope so. The neighborhood Summer Bash comes to our backyard this year. Uh Uh-huh. And we've been getting special beverage requests for weeks now. Well, that's what we're here for. Thank you. Okay, well, so Roger with the Lawn Flamingos wants white rum for his mojitos. Uh Uh-huh. While Claire with the Yippie Dog wants a medium-bodied hoppy ale. Okay. The Hendersons on the corner, I think, they want a Sauvignon Blanc. Sure. And the Ryans, the ones in the huge house, of course, they want a 90-point-plus Malbec. But I only have 15 bucks to spend on them. No trouble at all? You're kidding. Nope. Total Wine is 8,000 wines, 2,500 beers, 3,000 spirits. Whoa. So, Bacardi White Rum for Roger, okay. Sam Adams Summer Ale for Claire, Kemblefield Sauvignon Blanc for the Hendersons. On the corner. Yeah, and for the Ryans, Flickman Malbec Mysterio Reserva 12.99. My man. All the brands you want at the best prices. Total Wine and More. Summer solved. Three area locations at Perimeter Square, North Point Mall, and on Barrett Parkway. Spirits not sold at Perimeter Location. If you're a man facing a divorce, you may be feeling kind of lost and confused. You should never confide in anyone who is trying to take your money and your children. Attorney Scott Trout of Cordell and Cordell is quoted by the Wall Street Journal. Guys often have to work a little harder to be awarded primary custody. 
But when you're disadvantaged, you'll continue to be so unless you do what you can to help yourself. Attorney CPA Joe Cordell of Cordell & Cordell is quoted by the Wall Street Journal. The attorneys at Cordell & Cordell work to help men maximize their role in their children's lives, which includes protecting men's financial means to do so. Call the domestic litigation firm of Cordell & Cordell to schedule an appointment with one of our firm's Georgia attorneys. A partner men can count on. 404-793-0000. 793-all zeros. Offices in Atlanta, Fayetteville, Lawrenceville, Maryland. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.